Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Welcome to a new and improved show. This season, I'll bring in insightful guests and we'll share new moments together where we show up as old pals, ready to chat about all the things. In today's episode, we tackle success. How do you define it? If you're in the digital space, have you ever gone viral, created a video, and all of a sudden you're trending? Were you shocked? Maybe even nervous about what to create next? Or perhaps you were ready and ran with it. That's what my guest, Julie Nolke, did. Today, she'll tell us about her experience as an actor and YouTuber, and we'll dig into the success of her viral video, Explaining the Pandemic to My Past Self, a series that has garnered 50 million total views. Often, we only see the tip of the iceberg, and success feels overnight. But here's the thing. Julie's ability to stay humble and hungry has driven her for years. She's an actor, writer, and the creator of her self-titled sketch comedy YouTube channel. Julie was named one of 2020's top Canadian breakout creators by YouTube. She also produces content for TV. Most recently, she participated in the writer's room and acts in CBC's newest comedy, Run the Burbs, starring Andrew Fung. I've known Julie for a few years now, professionally, and it's been incredible to watch her success, and I'm thrilled to share her with you today. Then, Dean and I tackle what success looks like off the viral scene. How do we define success without 50 million views? Then, I'll share this week's favorites. Something you might dread initially, but end up appreciating. An activity to reset your creativity and a movie that moved and inspired me that everyone should watch. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Frendo. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you. So excited to get you on the show. I'm I'm just so pumped to be here. I feel like I know you and your family so well via Instagram that it's, it's cool to just be sitting here chatting. Right on. I know. Well, this is the fun thing about being in this space and being, you know, kind of local-ish is like you get a chance to meet these amazing creators in real time and then follow them as you go through the years, right? So totally. I met met you like a few years back now and I think it was like YouTube space. I don't even know if that place actually still exists in Toronto anymore. It doesn't. No, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty fabulous thing for creators. Like you had studios and like all this amazing stuff. Yeah. And when I met you, I mean, YouTube channels go through lots of growth and change. But at the time you were making food style content Mm -hmm. um, in your own Julie way and beautiful. Like you've always had really nice cinematography in your videos. And of course you were doing ridiculous stuff like getting high and making videos, which are some of my personal favorite. Um, But then, but then you had this epic video and I feel like most people listening might have seen it themselves, but maybe not know you before the video, but this Mm -hmm. was a whole 
explaining the pandemic to your past self. Tell me a little bit about that experience because it kind of blew up your channel. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I want to say that it, it didn't change everything, but it totally does. I mean, I would never tell anybody to aspire to go viral, but there are some definite perks <laughs> to going viral. Um, yeah, we met at um, that women's women of YouTube event. I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, and I was making you uh, food content for YouTube. Um, I worked with a company called Taste Made out of Santa Monica, and they're like a food and travel production company. And I was making original content for them. And at the time, I was just trying to be an actor and writer and and make and just make money is all you're trying to do is make money and pay rent and uh yeah i um it's funny you mentioned that i started with food because i think that's one of the reasons why i had a video go viral because uh so to give you a bit of a background i had food content on my channel i wanted to make stuff that was food related because i was very heartbroken about the traditional film and television industry. Uh, and so I didn't want to do acting on the internet because um, I was just healing from not being wanted by them. It's it's a very difficult industry. <laughs> and so I started with a, a cooking show that had a pretty good success. Uh, I, I think I got to 50,000 subscribers, which was such a huge landmark, um, such a wonderful, healthy audience. And um, I was kind I hit a crossroads where it was like, okay, I am an actor. I know I'm an actor. I know it's what I want. This career path is taking me elsewhere. Um, and it was taking me more into food and more into hosting. And so I switched my channel. Uh, so I, I probably should have started a new channel, to be quite honest. But I switched my content and my channel went dormant. Like I lost probably half of my subscribers. All views were gone. I was ba barely hitting a thousand views per video for about a year. And, um, it w that's kind of a, that's kind of a blessing in disguise because it served as like an incubator year where I just got to practice my writing and practice my, my acting and get really good at it with nobody watching. So then when I had a video kind of pop off a little bit, um, people started discovering that backlog of a library that nobody else had seen. So I, I became like YouTube algorithm catnip like every it was just it set off a domino effect of every one of my other videos you know getting tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of views so um it was really incredible because you know as a as a creator your whole goal is to have people watch your stuff um mm -hmm. and so it was just great to have eyeballs on on stuff that I had worked so hard on but yeah it was a very surreal experience well, you bring up something very true when it comes to this viral like element, right, of going viral is like, there's a few ways that you see it happen. You see it happen to like the regular person posting this video. And all of a sudden it's like panic. How do I now establish this, mm. you know, content and like keep up with this viral element where then creators like yourself who have been creating over years and this magic happens and you're ready and you have all of this content for people to see. Mm. Because I remember when you started doing skits and I was like, wait, what? Or what would you call them? <laughs> Shorts? What would yeah. you? Yeah. Sketch comedy. Yeah. Sketch comedy. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, gotta make sure I use the right terms here. But I remember when you started doing that and I was like, wait, what? What's happening? And there was another woman that we had met mutually and she's a good friend of mine, Joanna. She used mm -hmm. to create a nesting story. And I was like, what's happening here? She's like, I don't know, but this is amazing. Let's start sharing this. And it was so Aww. neat to see this evolution because I think that's what happens. Like when you think about 
anybody, you start creating content in whatever year, it's going to change. It's going to totally. develop over time. Okay. But you mentioned something I didn't know about starting out as wanting to be an actor and being heartbroken. Is it just like a really heartbreaking, heartbreaking industry to break into or what's the deal yeah. there? Oh, it's so mm. brutal. Man, it's like, so I'm originally from Calgary and I moved to Toronto to go to school for acting. So I have a degree in acting. Um, and I mean, particularly back then, because this would have been, oh my God, 10 years ago that I graduated. Um, I, there was really only one path into the industry, which was get an agent, start booking Canadian stuff, then you book American stuff, then you're famous. And I assumed that that was the only path to take, which I guess it was at the time, but uh, I couldn't break in, like I just couldn't. And I went from agent to agent and I knew that I was talented. I knew that I could work hard enough to be good. I'm a very hard worker and um, and I just, I just was flabbergasted that people weren't seeing it. And so that's originally why I started the YouTube channel. Although it was a cooking show, I wanted experience on camera. I feel like, you know, when you see actors, maybe I'm just referring to like Canadian kind of like, you know, a little Toronto scene. Mm -hmm. There seems to be a thing when you say that you do YouTube and then you also do traditional acting. Like, have you felt that, you know, kind of now that you are showing up in traditional? I mean, I've seen you. You've been on Working Moms. Yes. Yeah. You have. Yeah. I'm like, am I getting this right? Um, yeah, yeah, You absolutely. have something going on with CBC. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. that in a second. But how have you been received? You know, both. I'm going to layer this question here because yeah. you go viral on the Internet. What has the reception been like? And then you're trying to, you know, your skill is acting. It's obvious. If anyone watches your sketch comedy, you're freaking awesome. You know, awesome. then you're trying to go into this traditional acting. Like, how have you been received there? Oh, man. Well, I'm not going to make any friends with this answer, but um, <sighs> I, I, I do get a little frustrated because uh, my acting hasn't changed. It's not like I went viral and all of a sudden I'm good. It's I was always here. And so a part of me is just a touch bitter uh, because now um, I have a lot of people knocking on my door. And I know that that's what it takes. And I know that's what the industry is. But um I do find it a little bit discouraging that it's a bit of a popularity contest. And, you know, now people are interested in me because I bring an audience to the table and I'm more marketable. Um, that feels a little bit gross, although I know all industries are out there to make money. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's also kind of weird because um, there's a bit of a stigma to online content that it's less valid than traditional film and television, which is so strange because it gets more views you know, like like some of my videos have tons more views than uh, Canadian comedy shows that you would see on TV. Tons more. Um, but I don't have the same validity. And that's that's still strange. And I'm seeing it change, but it's still old school right now. I agree. And sometimes I feel like Canada is like a little bit behind on when absolutely you know, how they view certain things. Because I remember yeah. there was even a study that YouTube participated in, and I think it was from George Brown, but they were talking about like where people get their media and their information mm. from. And it's like YouTube, how to it's like online. everybody is on there, right? And so yeah. it's it's interesting that we just need to catch up with how we view these creators. And, you know, on that topic, like if you think about you know, as a creator, you know what goes on behind the scenes. You know how mm -hmm. these videos come together. I'm curious, 
from your, you know, from what you do, to me, I'm like, wow, this is first of all, amazing production value. The writing is epic. There's often other people in these, you know, in these videos now. Mm -hmm. So like, what does that look like for you? Are you writing everything yourself? Are you a one woman show? Um, I, I do write everything. Uh, although, well, I shouldn't say that because I there have been very busy weeks where I ask a friend of mine and I say, "Yo, pass me over a sketch. What do you got?" <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, you know the grind. I mean, YouTube, mm-hmm. while it's so creatively fulfilling, it's a grind, and sometimes you burn out. Um, but yeah, I, I write everything. I'll, I'll usually Fridays are my writing day, so I've already written a sketch today because uh, we're recording this on a Friday, um, and then next week we'll shoot it on Tuesday. I've got two scripts banked. So we usually try and film two videos a week. Um, I'm lucky enough now to have hired an assistant. So she helps me organize all the shoot days because that used to be just me trying to coordinate everybody's schedules. Uh, Yeah. And then, and now I have an editor. I have a whole team now. That's another thing that changed with the viral video because it used to be, I would write, I would shoot or my husband would shoot, um, but I would act in it and then edit. And uh, now I'm uh, dividing labor, division of labor. Yeah. I'm handing it over so I can have more free time. You need that, I feel like, as a creator. I feel, I remember that there, oh, like, and and I remember, so I'd started out a long time ago and there was a woman who was creating, she was living in the UK, but she was Canadian. I was like, holy vibe, you know, I get it. And I remember meeting her in real life for coffee and my mind kind of exploding a bit when here I was with like two little kids trying to do everything that these big channels were doing, but yeah. nobody spoke about how they had help, how they had assistance, how they had editors. And I was like, oh, that's how you do it. And realizing in order to get to that next level, in order for you to create a skit mm-hmm. a week, you know, you require help. It's impossible. There are only so many hours in the day, right? And when it comes to like booking your, you know, your acting gigs. Like mm-hmm. you're, you, how are you doing that all? You can't do that all by yourself. No. There has to no. be people helping you to bring you up, right? It takes this village to make this yeah. come to light. Um, and I yeah. was just going to say that it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to hear that because I think that often there is this comparison thing. You know, we think that YouTube is all like, you know, homegrown and it, most of it is, you know, but there is that point where a switch happens and it's like, okay, in order to continue to, to produce at this level, there has to be something going on behind the scenes and important for people to know that. So there's this realistic view on what it takes to be a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also a weird kind of YouTuber mentality of, well, I made this myself, so I, I, I don't deserve to have help. I don't know if you ever found that, but for me, it was like, I, I don't, I can keep doing it myself because I don't, I didn't feel like I was valid or, or maybe I didn't feel like I was making enough money. But of course, every person you add to your team is an investment. And I had to learn that the hard way. Cause of course I, I burnt out a ton and I had horrible mental health issues. And, you know, it's not really until you hit rock bottom that you're like, oh, yeah, I should have probably asked for help much, much sooner. And of course, now I'm looking back and I'm, go- I'm going, I was crazy to think I could do it on my own. Like every, every person that helps you is an investment in yourself, in your health, in your time, but also in your business. Absolutely. I feel like I used to manage a team of people in my old life. So I was like, right away, when's the day <laughs> I yeah. can delegate? Um, but, you know, I found my biggest hurdle was because I was a mom of littles and my husband was like, 
okay, we're in Canada. Like you need to work. Are you going to be making money at some point? I was like, give me one year, you know? And I, I knocked that. on all those doors and I was like, hey, I'm awesome. We need to work together. And it worked out, right? Like I'm still here. Yes, It's a gig supporting the family. I mean, you make it happen, right? But it is a grind and there is that toll that it can take on your mental health. And I'm curious, like, you know, you talk about burnout. So many YouTubers talk about burnout. I don't know if you see this, but I find with this rise in TikTok popularity and these kind of, you know, I don't want to say nobody, that's not the right word, but, you know, regular people all of a sudden achieving the success and then trying to constantly output at this insane volume mm-hmm. are burning out. They're dropping like flies. You know, how do you balance yourself or do you have boundaries in place? Do you have schedules? Like, how do you make it work? <laughs> oh, um, I'm, I'm trying. I truly am trying. Yeah. Um, I'm not great at it. I think the biggest thing that I learned was that, um, uh, it's, uh, it's not life or death. I, I, that's what it came to for me. That's, that's how low things got was that <laughs> I, I had to be like, I am not saving lives here. Like while I, while I think that my job is very important and there's a lot of love behind it and a lot of work behind it, it's okay if I fail and, or it's okay if I, if, if I just stop, if it's for my own health and well being, And that's such a, an extreme place to get to. But unfortunately, because I have such a mindset of like, go, 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 I'm not working hard enough. Um, Other people are doing better things. I want to do bigger, better things. It's almost like I had to swing the pendulum that far in order to be like, okay, what I do is not important. It's just for fun. It's just (laughs) to make people laugh. It is not worth all of this difficulty. So yes, to answer your question more succinctly, I've given myself a lot more time to myself. I mean, part of it was hiring out people to help me just manage the admin aspect of running a business. Um, I don't know that a lot of YouTube audiences acknowledge how much these are actually businesses and require quite a bit of admin. So just even having someone help me with that. Scheduling is very helpful. Um, Being around friends and family is very helpful. And and prioritizing that over success. Now you have just announced, and mind you, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be old news, but you're on a show, like a CBC show called Run the Burbs. What is happening? This is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Of course. It's going to be a phenomenal show. And I know I'm biased, but I started working, um, Andrew Fung and his partner, like creative partner, Scott Townend, uh, created this beautiful show about a family in the suburbs of Toronto-ish, um, undisclosed location. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they have this they have this beautiful story. And it was, it kind of had a... a kind of development deal with CBC last year, um, just to flesh it out a little bit to see if it could be a show. And they were so kind enough to take a risk on me uh, to bring me into the writer's room as a script coordinator. And I learned so much with them. So we worked together for a couple of weeks, fleshed it out, and then it got greenlit last or this uh, February, January, February, and a, a formal writer's room was started with some incredible talent, like writers from Kim's Convenience, from Mr. D, um, so many amazing Canadian shows, Baroness Von Sketch. Um, and, the, and, and I, once again, I got invited to kind of participate and take notes and offer my ideas. And so I have been in love with this show for 
a long, long time. And then when the time came to audition for some of the characters, of course, I was like, I want to audition. But but they were so good because it was like completely separate from the writer's room. So I was very nervous. I wanted it very badly. And it was like a little bit awkward. Um, but I auditioned and got a call back and I, I, I booked the job. So I'm playing Sam, who is... Um, the lead, uh, the so it's Andrew Fung plays Andrew, and he's the dad. And his wife is played by uh, Rocky Morzaria. Uh, she plays Camille, and I play Camille's best friend. And it has been a blast of film so far. I can't wait to go back next week. How fun is that? There's a podcast mm-hmm. I listen to called Happier in Hollywood, and it's two mm-hmm. women that are partners and they're writing partners and they like live in Hollywood and they do all sorts of amazing shows. And it's so fascinating to see behind the curtain, like what that's like. They don't do the crossover. They're not into acting. But I mean, no, just like the fun of being on set and yeah. going on location and like that is such a magical place to be. I've only done it. I mean, I did it as a young person, but as an, as an adult mm. YouTuber, it's such an interesting thing to witness and be a part of. But I must admit, like, I feel like it requires a lot of bravery and confidence to do the thing, like to do the acting. Do you get nervous? Do you feel those butterflies? Um, I used to. Like when I was on Working Moms, um, I was very nervous, uh, partially because Catherine Reitman is just one of the most amazing people ever and so brilliant and so talented and she was there um so I was very nervous but now it less so particularly for this show because I've I've been with this show since kind of the genesis of it so um you know my first day on set I just knew everybody and I knew the character and I knew the house and um I knew our relationships and so it was more about just kind of feeling the freedom of playing in the character and by the time you get to like as a young actor it's so competitive and you just, mm. you just want a job so badly that you, you never take the time to stop and realize that like, it's, it's fun and you're all working on the same team. And so now I feel like I step onto set and like everybody wants everybody else to succeed. And th- there's less pressure as much as there is support. You know, I was looking at a comment on one of your, just a beautiful Instagram post you had today. And I was like, was that a mean comment? Was that person being mean to Julie? Like, do you find that you have some some trolls doing their internet thing? I, I don't see many, I'll be honest. But the the one thing that does irk me, that does get under my skin, which is, uh, I'm sure you have this as well, is stuff that objectifies me. That that is my biggest pet peeve because it so undermines how hard I've worked and my talent. And and I notice that with especially when I make a video that's maybe slightly sexual skewing. I wouldn't even say sexual, but something that's in that domain. The comments are so objectifying. It's really frustrating because it makes it such that I don't want to talk about that those subjects. But then I get frustrated because I go, well, you can't tell me what I talk about. Like, I got funny jokes to say that are in the realm of wiki feet or getting a <laughs> sex doll that looks like me. Like, th- that's still freaking <laughs> oh, funny. I remember that one. That's the one thing I don't like being a female comedy creator is that I got to battle things that the males don't necessarily have to. But in terms of mean comments, no, people are usually pretty generous what you're saying about being a female and being funny for some reason that still bothers people that we can have sense Mm -hmm. of humor about the topics that they also will joke about I feel like it's coming around but it's still like not quite there good for you for not like 
focusing on that negative element of it because we need to see that good content and we don't want to be like stopped by those people, Aww. you know? So Aww, thank you. well, listen, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And I wish you all the success. And I can't wait to watch thank this new you. show. When's it coming out? <gasps> I think it's out in February. Oh, like soon. very yeah. exciting. Yeah, that is soon. Yeah. That is soon. So amazing. Well, thanks, Julie. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the podcast. Good to be back. Thanks. New season, new thumbnail. All new, all fun, coming your way. <laughs> Same people, though. So I'm excited different to be back. In, different in certain ways, but yes. Same human. It's only been two weeks. What changed? Uh, I don't know. I just threw that out there. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about Julie. Oh my God. So much to talk about. Lots of stuff. She is doing so well. Like, obviously, you follow her online. Of course. Of course. And you've probably followed her for a long time because I remember meeting her a bunch of years ago. I've followed her for a while, but I've really just started following her more when you guys kind of connected or whatever, you know, I kind of watch people that you watch because I don't bother researching people, but, um, I find her hilarious. She's like, so good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, watching the videos. Did you see the video for the, uh, the sex toy delivery? Okay. I didn't see that one. You got to watch that. <laughs> you got to watch it. Okay. She's just such a, she's such a great straight person. You know, she does that kind of like, you mean like awkwardly, like I'm a, not, not like yeah. sex, like not she's sexuality playing a, straight. She's playing yeah. it straight, yeah, but always hinting of the dark, not dark, but, you know, of people's insecurities and stuff. Like, you know, the, the guy comes to the door with the sex toys and then he starts listing out what the actual sex toys are, the, the postman. And then she's like, mm, no, no, I never ordered it. But then when he's like, okay, I'll take it back. And then she's well, no, 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 I'll, I'll take it anyway. <laughs> and then eventually she takes it and the postman doesn't care either way. He's kind of like, I just want to get, get on with my just day. Just get over with your, get over yourself. And uh, yeah. And then the other one I, I watched, I actually just watched it today because it, it makes me, uh, it makes me giggle is the um, wiki feet. It's Julie and Jill Ogopswich. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. And uh, they're sitting on the sofa and they said, well, have you heard about this wiki feet? And they, long story short, they end up, oh, we both have profiles on it. It's other people making the profile. Yes. I feet. know what wiki feet is all about. It's, is it real? It's yes. Well, how come I don't have a profile on it? Is anyone taking? Have you seen actually, I have nasty your feet. feet. Yeah. I get one on star. Here. But anyway, so, so Jill's has 5.9, what she perceives as 5.9. And Julie has, uh, 5.5 or sorry what sorry 9.5 and whatever it is yeah yeah jill has more and then you know jill's coming julie's coming across like it doesn't really matter to her until jill has a higher score and then it goes back and forth it's <laughs> it's so like it's it's you know what I, th I find about comedy it's so true to life you know when we look at ourselves that we all have these what we show everybody else and then what's kind of just below the surface, you know, we resent people being better than us or winning or, you know, all that type of stuff. And Julie really brings that out. I love it. 
there's a lot of thought that's put into it. Like the yeah. sketch comedy, you have to get so much into this short time frame. And it's like the comedy is so layered. You know, yeah. it's so fun to watch women in comedy. Like I actually. And she just, writes her own stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. She writes generally by herself, you know, yeah. but also sometimes like she was saying, she taps into other people, other writers she knows in the yeah. biz. But, you know, I just got back from a weekend with my sister and we watched a female comic, a stand up special. And honestly, I laughed so hard, like the tears. And what's great that my sister and I were saying is like, you know, there's been a ton of male comics for a long time. And naturally there's been women, but not as many. But it's just fun to see women in that space just kicking ass. Like um, we we don't say female comics anymore. We say people kind comics. What? Oh, is that one of her <laughs> sketches? What? Yeah, that's like that whole Trudeau thing or whatever. I just had to throw that in there. No, we're not doing. But that. But is that what you say now? Is you say a female comic or a male no, comic? They're just comedians. But oh yeah, they're just I'm comedians. making the distinction. Yeah. Like, uh, and my sister was saying it was so fun right. to watch this you know woman up on stage talking about things that relate to us too yeah to see women talking about sex talking about relationships talking about doing random things like she's ordering sex toys because everybody's most people have done that you i've know not what I done mean? that no okay oh <laughs> hey go have a look oh i've received the packages they're for me quote unquote oh my god <laughs> Delete, delete, delete. No, but no, no. Everybody listening, total lie. Dean has never had sex in his entire life. Never. Not with anything plastic or metal. No. What? <laughs> God. Oh, took a turn. It we took all, a turn. Yeah, that took a turn. Okay, back on course. Back on yeah. course. So, Mind out of the gutter. Point is, yeah. is it's really fun to see her perspective on comedy and what she what she comes up with. Like, did you see the one, the whole Romeo and Juliet one? No, I never saw that oh one. Oh my God, that one was hilarious. It was like, and go watch it. I'm going to leave Julie's links below for those it, listening. Yeah. But it's basically like, to summarize the one part, yep. you know, here's Juliet and Romeo's dead and dying and she's about to off like take off her life. And then one of her other characters from her other sketches, because I find the characters kind of overlap. Right. And so one of her other Isn't characters. Isn't that the greatest thing when that happens? <laughs> yeah. Well, the character comes in and she's like this really funny character with a great accent. And she's looking for Romeo. Yeah. And Juliet's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I had plans with him tonight, too. And Juliet's like, are you kidding me? Like, I was about to kill myself for this guy. And you had a date with him, too. And she's like, yeah, that's a bad plan. And then they sit down and they're like, you want to come out? There's a bunch of us going out for drinks. And she's like, yeah, screw this. And leaves Romeo. Like, it's just funny. Like, these yeah. funny little spins on and it. And there's that little bit of truth to it, you know, yes. that makes it funny. It's like, uh, no, I love that. what you're going to say. I love when that happens. Like, doesn't that take a dynamic mind to come up it's like a marvel movie of comedy like she's you know you're you're putting doctor strange or whatever in this one and that one but it's the same thing with her characters like i love that Absolutely. she's because she's, she's creating not just a sketch but she's creating like that's a little window into a big world well and to that point she's made a whole series of the viral success explaining the pandemic to her past self it's a whole oh, series of videos one. right oh yeah. that's the one that like it's funny because you know even in the interview she's saying like that's what she's known for and she's like i'm okay with that like i worked hard on it and it's this amazing interesting success thing that's happened right. to her and kind of you know thrown her off into outer space viral land right yeah. but it's it's so interesting because all of us can relate to this pre-pandemic life right sure and the 
absurdity, you know, of all of it. Like, how can that be real? No. You know, and, and like you're and saying, that glimmer of truth. Isn't it true? And you know what? Thank goodness for sketches like that because you know when i watched that i you know because i lost my job and all that type of stuff i won't cry on here but i'll cry later later um and there's that tinge of of reality when you're watching that stuff and it 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 kind of i like how she draws you into the situation and you relate to it but then there's a little comedy spin on it and it makes you feel good and isn't that the greatest thing with with comics is the ability to do that. And also, you know, you know that they felt their insecurities and whatnot. I mean, that's, I think, isn't they, that's, they, they say that comics have experienced some dark times and you can, they really connect to you. I think that's, I think that's lovely. I mean, I, I would love to see her do a stand up, uh, a, a show. I think she would be amazing. I mean, I would she buy bought, tickets. She's maybe who knows. I'm going to buy some tickets right now that don't even exist. <laughs> Actually, I'll start selling tickets. Dean. In our backyard, in our garage. It's probably some form of illegal. Yeah, but listen, maybe. okay. So talking about that viral success that she achieved. I right. mean, Julie and I, we know we get into that in the interview. It's like a lot of creators are kind of hunting for that, whether sure. it's your main goal or even just like, I wish this would happen. This would be incredible because for a lot of creators, you know, you've been building and creating and doing all of these things for years. Right. And so when it happened to Julie, it's like she was ready. She had the backlog and the, and of all the content she'd done before. Yeah. She had the ideas flowing. She had the obviously the experience of going to school to be right. an, a trained actor. Right. And then so when it hits, she's like, thanks and just runs with it where some people even with all of that success might get a little bit of that paralysis by analysis thing, right. which I think can happen to so many of us. Um, and it's just really interesting. Like, you know, she talks about that too, like the, the success element of it, like she was great before she had that viral success. Well, and that's, the, that's the thing. Is it the talent or the perseverance that, that matters? And I think it's a bit of both, but you know, she seems like I don't know her at all. I've never met her. Julie, that is. But it seems in that industry, um, you really develop, a, you know, a means of survival, of, of navigating a room, of reading people. And the other thing is that you're not easily deterred. You fall down, you get up, you fall down, you get up. And that's such a cliche. People say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I think some of these very successful people, and maybe in Julie's case, have really, really, really fell down so hard and had the perseverance to stand up and keep on going to that point where if maybe if somebody else that maybe isn't as keen would would just say, you know, screw it, mm -hmm. just stop. Well, even I remember asking her the question, you know. How how have how has the community welcomed you? Like, do you have a lot of haters? Are there trolls that bother oh, you? Because no I always think of like you have these big views, lots of people. You're not going to be a you know the cup of tea for everybody type yeah. of thing. And to be honest, she kind of didn't struggle with the answer, but she doesn't focus on that. Right. And she's like, no, she knows that you can't live in that space where you're constantly determining your success based on how other people think of you or what they say of you. And right. I think, you know, 
she has the you know the amazing experience of having a series with over 50 million downloads amazing. right that's incredible amazing. so yeah there's going to be you know there's that little bit of ego boost that's like obviously i'm hitting you know this pretty well yeah um but at the same time you know when you start going okay and you sit down with that fresh pad of paper and you're like all right what am i going to do next right. you have to believe in yourself that right. you can create something new and exciting that you're not always trying to recreate what was done before yeah right and be willing to be brave enough to like i'm gonna try something new and she keeps trying new things she does yeah and she's running against the wind. You know, she was talking a, a little bit on some issues, like she was talking about not being objectified as a woman in comedy. And, you know, I, there's got to be, and you probably know it as a as a creator and a woman, that there is a little bit of that, like, you know, a little bit. There's probably a lot of that. Lot of you it, know, we've yeah. come so far in society to embrace feminism, but you know, it's still kind of, maybe it's still a little bit out there. So I, I mean, you really got to commend her on, on the, on the, uh, on putting that effort in and, and fighting against it. Anyway. What I also think is so great for creators to talk about and to share with their audience, but just fellow creators that are listening to is that it can look like this tip of the iceberg, you know, that we see with just like one person standing at to top of it and doing all of the work. And so when you think of Julie, you think, wow, like she's created all of this stuff right. all by herself. Yeah. And I think what we're learning is like, yes, a lot of us start at that place where you had a dream, you had a camera, you had a pen and paper and you tried to do something, you know, right. but then as you develop, you know, there does come a point that in order for you to achieve success, whether it be monetary or you know, you know, as she's developing her career and she's acting and she's writing and she's YouTubing, like there's more than one person, you know, there is a team helping you. And I know for me, when I first started out, that was really impactful because mm. I did feel at one point, you know, you were saying the perseverance. It's like, there was a point where I thought, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like I cannot compete because we love you know, to compare, but I can't compete with all these other people creating all these amazing things. Like how are they making more hours in the day? And then it, it dawned on me that there's actually teams of people behind these mega creators and just regular creators, you know, that help make the the machine keep moving type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point is that, you know, when you're getting involved in this, even as a YouTube creator or a, a social media creator, rather, is that, uh, Sometimes, I mean, when you're doing the slow burn, when you're being yourself and putting out the content that you want and you always hear, oh, you know, you're not following this algorithm and blah, 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 and this audience and stuff. Yeah, okay. But I think when you're being yourself and you're creating quality and entertainment and also community, you know, uh, that hanging on to that rather than doing this, you know, and I don't want to criticize anyone, but rather than just doing some flashy thing that really means nothing and oh i got you know a bunch of views on that well big deal or copying or you know? copying Co doing what everybody else is doing because it's, it's working so it's boring. like you know what this is and and i i like watching tiktok to pass my life away for maybe 15 or 20 minutes or 4 hours in the garage <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah you see the same thing over and over and when people do unique things it's kind of like, oh, it's it's inspiring, I find anyway. I, I find it inspiring to see it encourages me. I don't do very much things. Well, you're like day job pilot I, and then I I'm going to start with, making I came some... up with a new candle 
Yeah, but you are. No, I do that. But th- that's what I mean. It's just, um, you know, I just watch this Joe Rogan, a 20 minute motivational thing, you know, because we're about the same age. I actually sent him an email because or a, a message because it, it made a little thing in my throat. And it's like got verklempt. You know, most I got, I'm getting it now. Oh. I might cry. Okay. Throw me a Tissue. Scotty towel. <laughs> this is not brought to you by Scotty, by the way. Anyway, so I, I'm I'm looking at this Joe Rogan motivational thing that's on YouTube, and it talks about how unhappy, you know, in his case, he uses a man, but how unhappy people have become and how much of a rat race it is. And, you know, working and driving to work in traffic, sitting in a cubicle, doing your work, going home, watching TV going to bed and repeating and repeating and that inspiration to break out of that to risk something and it's just to me is amazing and right after that our good friend kim melbourne who has yanka um fitness wear who we may partner up with there might be a surprise coming there might soon. be a surprise coming yeah. up gotta work on projects yeah um i don't know if she minds me saying but I'm going to say it anyway. Her husband and her work for the government and they have their own business, but she and her husband bought a bait shop in Northern Ontario, which makes sense because there's a ton of fishing and, you know, supplies and stuff. They don't just sell bait and they're going to move into the store above and sell their homes and start a new direction. And, you know, she started up this fitness line, which is amazing stuff. And you have some and I think you're working together on something else. But anyway, the point is, is that, you know, you're, you're sitting behind this. I, it's like you're on a surfboard behind this cruise ship in our, of life, right? And you're hanging on and you're like, I'm still moving. I'm in this wake. It's kind of no fun. And you're passing all these cool beaches would have great surf. And then one day you just say, you know what? Cut this line. I'm going to surf this wave into wherever it takes me. Mm-hmm. And that is amazing. And, and, and I, I feel like that. Maybe you feel like that sometimes in your life. And I mean, a lot of the people that we communicate with and, and it's amazing to see Julie, uh, or any creator or any person in any profession in entertainment or otherwise cut the line and just, you know, work hard for their dreams because really what else you got? And kind of thinking about, you know, the the umbrella of this episode, which is Julie's sketch about explaining the pandemic to your past self. Oh, like, can yeah. you imagine sitting with yourself just, let's say, February of 2020 and going, hey, Dean, like there's, there's going to be like the wildest ride you've ever been on for the next yeah. 20 months or whatever it is. And, you know, that's where we are now, 20 months later kind of thing. And it's like and it's going to suck and your career is going to like Implode. disappear for a little bit, you yeah. know, for those new listeners, Dean is a pilot and uh, we're based in well, Canada. I'm a candle maker. You're a, yes. I put the pilot down. Well, what I was going to say is like, <laughs> who would have thought, like, you know, you, you made a choice at some point to that perseverance that we talk about that, you know, as creators, but as anybody, as human beings, it's like this thing happened and you could have crawled under a rock and sat there and yeah, okay, you did for a little bit, but then it's like, all right, I have other skills. I got other things I can do. Like what? I'm not going to let this moment define me. I'm going to start sculpting something out of this shit and like make it better and achieve some success because what is success? You know, I feel like that's what I 
think about when I when I was talking to Julie about all this. It's like, is it the 50 million views? Is it, you know, was she successful before? She, you know, all these interesting things that kind of layer into like what keeps us going. And yeah. And when she's talking, she's really giving you like, I really like it. It 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 tugs or it, it, it hits me in the heart a little bit because, you know, I relate to that as as, you know, a pilot and trying to get ahead in a very, you know, type A driven type of thing and, you know, putting up with so much crap and, you know, uh, literally having like having no feeling like I have no chance to expand my career and and whatnot and uh, family and friends not believing in you and not supporting you in any way and you know oh this is silly type thing anyway that's what I kind of I'm pretty sure I don't know what Julie's but she did say that she was like you know when you tell people you're a YouTuber like when you say you're a YouTuber you're like "Uh," you know for some reason it's not as respected but yet you're doing everything yeah creating filming producing editing you name it writing it's all there we had a friend that was kind of gave you some grief not grief but really didn't it's like, well, what is that? Is that a real job? I, I encounter that all the time. Yeah. And I've started to learn that my value and how I see success to myself is not reflected on how other people, and, and not everyone, but how other people see me. You know, it's kind of like that Brene Brown thing that, you know, her big quote, which, which is like, you know, unless you're in the arena with me, yeah. your opinion doesn't matter. You know, unless you're right. willing to be brave yeah. and go and do something that hasn't been done that, you know, people aren't rooting for success all the time. Right. Once you get it, they're like, they oh, certainly... that's amazing. But the journey there, oh. no one wants to give you a hand. No one wants to help you. And you really that perseverance. And I think with Julie, what I really respected was that she's humble. Yeah. She's hungry and she's not done. Like and it. she's going to keep going. Yeah. And I'm just I'm she here would, like supporting she's a, her. She's very um, uh, eloquent in the way that she speaks. But yeah, she'd step on, she'd step on your nuts. <laughs> and then write a joke about it. Woo! <laughs> and, then, and then write a really funny joke about it. Julie steps on some person's nuts. Like Candlemaker a, came for Julie and yeah, she... I came after Julie and she, she went stepped for on his my wick. nuts. <laughs> Kicked me right in the wick. Oh my God. Uh, well, anyway, thanks, Dean. This was great. Yeah, and you know good. what? I, I'm glad to be back. Season seven. We're doing it. See... Season seven, geez, what was I? Where was I for the other six? You weren't there for a few, but you you caught up for last season. But um, I'm excited for this new, you know, adventure, this new path, an amazing team over at Curious Cast helping. I'm pumped. Yeah, that's gonna be. It's great. They're so great. I, well, I don't participate in it, but I sit at the door and I look inside when you do on a Zoom call. <laughs> like you probably see me retriever. in the back. Like, uh, yeah, is there some dude stalking you? <laughs> No, it's my. I'm like the. I feel like the the troll. I'm underneath your office in the garage. Yeah, I'm like kind of are mixing candles and writing down formula on a, you know, a pad and it's perfect. It's perfect. Right. Get back down there, Dean. Make some more candles. <laughs> Where's those holiday scents? Get those holiday scents. Oh yeah, I got holiday scents yeah. coming out. Oh my god. You know what? We kind of already gave some away to family and a few friends. Okay, well, we can't tell anybody just yet. Don't we'll have tell to anybody wait. about that. No, it's coming oh, later. We, we okay. just talked to a All bunch right. of people already. All right, anyway. well, we got to go, okay? I got to go. Okay, bye. Bye now. Welcome to Amanda's Favorite Things, where I take a moment to share three things that have rocked my world over the last couple days 
that I need to tell you about because that's what friends do. So the first thing is a solo trip of any kind, but specifically a road trip. My kids are now nine and seven years old and road trips are actually pretty fun with them. Like iPads exist. So do Bluetooth headsets. So like it's pretty awesome to be a parent right now. But more specifically, I can leave them with their father and it's totally fine. It was fine before, but like if you're a parent with, you know, a child that could be breastfeeding or still in diapers, it's just, it's different, you know, when you're a two parent family household and then one parent leaves, it's hard. It's hard. Okay. So all of that to say is it's not hard for me to leave right now. There's still some sad, you know, children faces when mommy leaves, but hey, they're going to be fine. They have a party when I'm away, so I don't worry about them, not even for a second. I do thoroughly enjoy my alone time. I love it, in fact. So I had a road trip over the last couple of days, about a five and a half hour drive each way. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a drive, um, but I pace myself and I leave at times of the day that work for me. I even get a workout in, you know, before I left, which was amazing. So I feel like I was ready for this awesome cruise. And of course, I was going to see my sister whom I love to visit. But I just have to say that being alone with your thoughts is beautiful. I appreciated it before I chose to have a family and I very much appreciate it right now when I can find the time to make that happen. Sometimes your road trip might just be to the grocery store, okay? But whatever it is, taking time by yourself should not be feared. Uh, I know some people really don't like to be alone. I encourage you to question that and just kind of dig a little deeper and find out what that might be about. But things I like to do on a road trip. One, I just like the driving part of it. I actually enjoy driving. I love my car and it smelled really good because Dean had just cleaned it for me, which was so nice. So I just love driving. I love the scenery. I enjoy things about different times of the year. And right now it's fall in Canada. And so the leaves along the highway were changing from green to orange and yellow and red. And there was this one plant that was literally this trifecta of colors. It was green was the original color and it was slowly changing from this light or um, yellow to orange or orange to yellow was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was just gorgeous. So I love that visual aspect of it. I love listening to podcasts or audiobooks. So on this particular drive, I listened to a very scary podcast, um, which of course, now that I'm telling you, I will mention it. It's called The Root of Evil. It was pretty traumatizing. So just a heads up, I felt it really heavy. Okay. It's a really dark story. Um, but it was very binge worthy. And those are great on those road trips, like five and a half hour drives where I just want to listen to one long story. I also listened to part of the audiobook Braiding Sweetgrass, which is like a complete 180 in terms of feelings. It made me feel loving and warm and light. And just, I was learning things and it's incredibly beautiful, but having the time to just listen to a book. Like I don't have that kind of free time. And so I just, I can't say enough about solo road trips. It was kind of awesome. The next thing on my list of favorites is something I do once a month. And for me, it is like a giant reset button when it comes to my creativity, especially my creativity, but my creativity and just my feelings of all sorts of things, identity, relationships, friendships, work, I go to talk therapy and I go once a month and there's been times in my life where I've gone a little more, 
a little less, but I definitely find that I've always gravitated back to it. Now, we all talk or we've heard the talks about talk therapy in social media. We've seen the posts. We know it's good for us, but just because something is known to be good doesn't mean we always make time for it. And I'm here to tell you that if you can, try to make some time for it. It is an opportunity to share with someone who is not emotionally attached to you. It's not a partner. It's not a parent. It's not a sibling. It's not a friend. There isn't this feeling that you have to now listen to their problems. Not that that's a bad thing, but I sometimes just want something for me. And I've even tried hypnotherapy over the years. Like there's just been some really interesting things that have come from me investing in myself. And most recently, what I've done is book once a month. I've had it booked now for the last few months and I have it booked into January where I have November's date and I have December and January's date. And it's something I look forward to. And I find like the day before the appointment, I kind of sit down and I write a few bullet points about some things I'd like to cover and Sometimes we cover all of those things and then sometimes something comes up completely seemingly random that I didn't even know was bothering me, but allows me to grow and learn about myself and, you know, often be patient with myself and show myself grace. So there's so many different ways to have therapy. Like right now, where I live, we're still doing everything virtually. It's not my favorite, but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a, it's a close second and I recommend it. So if you're looking for ways to boost your creativity or just maybe you're feeling a little stuck, try it out. And side note, I could do a whole episode on this, but you need a couple sessions with a new therapist just to get to, to get a feel for one another, get them up to speed on who you are as a person and what you're hoping to like learn about yourself or grow and develop on. And then it gets to the good stuff. So you got to give it some time. All right, enough about that. This next one is more entertainment value. But I recently watched a movie and it moved me and I feel like everyone should watch this movie. It is called CODA. And it's like capital C, capital O, capital D, capital A. And it stands for Child of Deaf Adult. And I recently learned this term while listening to another podcast because podcasting might be one of my top platforms. That's probably what I consume the most in terms of content because I love that I can listen to a podcast while doing other things. And as a business owner and mom, trust me, I'm doing a lot of things. So I recently heard that term and I was pretty fascinated by it. And this person had said that there's a new movie out on Apple TV and for anyone interested, they should watch it. So I did. And it really, really opened my eyes as to what the world is like for a child who's born into a family with deaf parents. And the pressure that is placed on that individual to be both a child and a translator a lot of the time was so wow. I had no idea it also really made me think about life for people who are, you know, not hearing and who are living in a pandemic where everyone's wearing a face mask and how much uh, lip reading is required and how much they rely on lip reading to feel connected to other people. And, you know, being someone who storytells and shares with others, um, it made me think about my impact on someone who can't hear. And it honestly moved me and inspired me enough that I would like to learn how to 
sign and to learn sign language. And so just before I sat down to record this, I Googled like, can you learn sign language online? And I'm sure I can. And I think that's going to be a little hobby that I take up over the next couple of months. I just need something to dedicate my time to. And I feel like I got fitness figured out. I feel like I got the work thing going. I see my friends when I can, but I would love to learn a new skill. And I think it would be so fascinating to learn sign language. So if you yourself know how to sign or have learned it, I would love to hear from you on Instagram at Amanda Muse. If you could tell me, maybe you have a recommendation about where you learned and just, um, it's all new to me. So anyhow, all of that to say that the movie Coda was very moving and I watched it with my seven-year-old and he found it pretty interesting as well. And the storyline is is fun enough that, you know, your children would probably enjoy it with you if you have young people in your life. Um but I just really enjoyed it. And I find for myself, I always try to stay coachable. Like I don't know everything and I'm willing to learn. And it really shocked me how little I knew about the community of deaf people. Even as I'm saying this, I'm like, do you say not hearing is the word deaf? Like there's so much that I'm learning and I just, I want to learn more. So I love that when storytelling or a movie or something can move you so much that you feel inspired to make a change in your life. Those are my three favorites for the week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm so glad to be back. I'm thrilled that you're all here with me to share in this new season. And I look forward to next week's episode. Until then, bye friendo. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.